Welcome to episode 17 of the Throwing Haymakers podcast. As always, joined by Josh Erickson and Matt Sheridan. And Gabe Foley joining us again this week from Illinois, Bradley University. So uh, we want to start off today by breaking down the Chicago Blackhawks, starting our Central Division offseason outlook. And they lost a lot of big names. They traded away Brandon Saad, Corey Crawford leaving for New Jersey in free agency, Oli Mata, he's gone off to L.A. A lot of big losses. Uh, it's not all bad, though. They did bring in Nikita Zadarov uh, via trade with the Colorado Avalanche. So, you know, helps bolster the defense a little bit with a promising guy who still has plenty of career left in front of him. So, uh, Gabe, let's start with you on this one. I want to get your thoughts on what the Blackhawks have done this offseason. Well, they announced to fans a few weeks ago that they were going into rebuild mode, and I think we're seeing that. Uh, perfectly on display. Um, losing Crawford is a huge, huge deal to the Blackhawks organization and to the city of Chicago. And then, of course, losing Brandon Saad is a huge punch to an offense that really didn't have a lot of punch last season. Again. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I feel like, yeah, this is a team going into a rebuild. Um, I feel like uh, additions like Matthias Janmark, Lucas Walmark, um, Brandon Peary, who hopefully will finally get an NHL role. Um, but those guys, those are younger guys, guys that have an NHL career ahead of them. Um, I, I want to pawn this off on you guys. Are we, are we done? Are, or do they have more moves ahead of them? I think they start shopping around big names. I know Jonathan Taze is very disgruntled right now. He's had um, some mixed feelings about the moves that have been made. Uh, apparently, a few of their other veterans have also been a little hesitant about the team's direction. So, do you guys think that they're done and this is their lineup for next season, or do you think they have more in the tank? I mean, I don't think I they're think done. that. Yeah, I think Chicago wants to make more moves. I think the biggest problem is that, you know, Taze and Kane are probably the two biggest names on that, you know, trading block, so to speak. And who's going to take $10.5 million for the next three years? There's not a whole lot of teams who, are, who can afford that cap hit. Because, you know, if you can afford that cap hit, you're already also in a – you're probably also in a rebuilding phase. Well, hey, now, I'm going to go to cap friendly because I know a team, and I was joking about this the other day, and I'm thinking this might actually be real. So how much actual money does – how much mo- – yeah, see? Kane is only actually getting seven – basically seven mil for the last three seasons. And with Tays, just look. I made a joke about this the other day. Kane to Florida. And I'm not I feel saying like that's that, a move that they would make. I'm not saying that that's something that's been talked about that I've heard, but it's a move that they would make. You have to think, oh, and Tippett would be going the other way, though, right? And Denisenko. And or Denisenko, right? What's Florida's? And Anton Lundell, maybe. I have to Probably. throw it to Oh, no, they're not giving him up. They just got him. For Kane? You're not getting Kane with Owen Tippett. You're getting... Well, you're getting 
Tippett a first and if I'm if I'm Chicago and I'm giving up one of my the best players of all time, I'm gonna try and get Lundell back. He's probably almost untouchable, but but what about or a goalie? Florida has a lot of great goalies, and they're going to lose one of their major. Um, Spencer yeah. Knight. Could Spencer Knight go the other way and be uh, Chicago's goalie of the future? Because they don't really have one right now, to my knowledge. Right, or, uh, and because you're all tied up in Bobrovsky, like, I don't – Yeah, Sam Motem- Motembo, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. He's, he's another promising youngster who actually isn't signed right now. Oh, he's an RFA. No, he's, he's an RFA. RFA, yeah, so maybe. And we forget okay, – okay, let's – yeah. That could be something interesting to explore. However, for now, it gives them a really good second line because they continually don't put Kane Mateus. So you have Kane and Doc in left wing, who I could see being one Mr. Pius Suter who they brought over from the Swiss League. And I'm going to pull his page up real quick. This is a guy who I think could surprise a lot next season. Um, 30 goals in the Swiss League last year. He's got five points in six games so far in the SL. I don't know what that is. I think that's a lower-level Swiss League. I don't know why he's there. He's on loan from Chicago because Chicago signed him. Uh, But Suter blew up last year, 53 points in 50 games overseas. He's still only 24, undrafted. Uh, He is an OHL champion, I believe, in the Guelph Storm. So it wouldn't be his first time playing on North American ice. He's only been there for two years, it looks like. Played two years with Guelph. but look, this guy can be ready for a top six role if you're putting him with Kane and Kirby Doc, who I think is going to be really solid again next year. If Chicago does not – they have their center of the future in him, I think. Seeing what I saw out of him last year, he was – I thought he was the best rookie from that draft class last year. I mean, yeah, he showed me more than either Hughes or the... Kako did. Suter's playing the second second tier Swiss. Uh, that is what it under, is. Okay. Is as uh, under affiliation with the ZSC Lions. Perfect. Oh, I forget you Canadians say Z. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, Z. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but other than that, this team is uh, steaming dumpster. Uh, they don't quite have the worst goaltending in the league, though. I don't think they do. See, because I would rather have Subban and Delia for under $2 million than Jones and Dubnik for like nine. That's true. Or seven or whatever. Like, yeah, your goalies suck, but at least they're not overpaid and you can maneuver them. No, the problem is that you – the the goaltending is so bad, though, that you aren't going to stop a thing. Yeah. Here, well, Subban. Well, and combined sure. with Chicago's defense, right? But you, but I, I like Delia. 
But you know who I, I mean, like he was more? Hot. He was definitely hot for a bit. Um, he cooled off, and that's why he got sent down and obviously picked up Leonard. But, yeah, I could, I could see him doing what Linus Olmark did in Buffalo. I could also a very similar situation. I think I honestly think it's a 50-50 toss-up between him and Lankinen. Because Lankinen is a guy who has really impressed internationally. Um, and I'm not sure, before I make myself look completely stupid, I'm going to look up his AHL numbers. Um, 909 last year with Rockford, whatever. Uh, but he's been, I mean, he's been really impressive international. He actually was Finland's goalie at the world champ. Uh, oh, is, is that the world championship or the world cup? No, that would have been the world championship in 19. He was Finland's goalie eight games in a 942. Uh, this guy's not bad. He was stellar in the Liga before he came over to North America. He's 25, so I mean, I, I wouldn't really call this guy a prospect anymore. But I think, you know, at 800 grand, you'd probably be getting your money's worth. Well, I'd give cheaper than both yeah. Subban and Delia as well. Yeah. Because uh, isn't Delia a. Yeah, didn't Chicago sign? Yeah, why is Delia at a million dollars? Why did Chicago give him that contract? He played 16 games in the 908 and then no NHL games this year. So they literally paid him $1.15 million this year to sit in the minors. Bowman is just dumb. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I think that move just signals that they want him to be in the NHL lineup this year. They want him to be in the NHL yeah. right now until they have a long-term holdover. Or a long-term solution to the problem. I think he can be ready for it. But, but I agree with you. The beef is with the defense. Um, Murphy is okay. Bockfist having another year on his belt. I'm expecting some good things out of him next year. Duncan Keith was good in the playoffs. So was Corey Perry. So, I don't Right, like I am trying so hard not to let recency bias affect that because you can't really judge what anyone did in the bubble by those metrics. Joel Kiviranto is a top six stud, so uh, Keith is not the best defenseman on this team anymore. And you also got to think again, guys like him and Calvin DeHaan. You know, will they be in a Blackhawks jersey next year? Right. Dehan, I mean, yeah, Dehan's an easy candidate to shop. I, he's a serviceable guy. Bockfist is going to do good things next year, I think. Mm-hmm. Dorov is bottom pairing fodder. I like him. He's a good hitter. If you want to win, you want that guy in your lineup. But really, that was what you got for Saad. Saad for Panarin. Sod for Zadorov. Oh my God, you j- I mean, and this these guys just can't win. Um, and then what was the trade the first time? Wasn't it Sod for Anisimov when he was I... going to Columbus? So did they lose the better player in every one of those trades? Let's see, y'all. 
I'll pull them up real quick. I do think they lost a better player in every one of those trades. It's just trash. Look, Chicago's my seventh in the Central. Uh, I would not go so far as to put them as last in the West, just because there is a lot of promise there with their offense. Um, We shall see. Um, But I do think they're going to be closer to the California teams than they will be to a playoff spot. I like I like some of their defensive prospects. Ian Mitchell's got some promise. Alec oh Gilles yeah, they've got really prospects good. out the boat. Yeah, got really good. He was really well. With, he played really well with uh, Monday nights. Nick Bodan's really good. Chad Trace or Reese, whatever you say. Lucas Carlson. They've got some promise. Yeah, like you said, they're they're not gonna they're gonna be far from contending this year for sure. Oh, Chalupa. <laughs> I know. I saw that guy earlier. I was like, do I say it? Do I say it? Um, yeah, and what the hell do you do with Seabrook? Like, I feel like we have this conversation every year, but that, I mean, how do you, it almost behooves you to just leave him on LTIR, except that's not the case, and he wants to come back and play. This is where you get into hairy metrics here. The, the problem is that no one's going to take on the Seabrook contract and shout flat out Canada. It's the third most expensive contract on their team. Four years, $6.875 million. Left, right? And this is a yeah. guy who is so far below replacement level that you could... He's wearing an A for him. He's an ultimate That you captain. could trade him for future considerations and win the trade. You know, no, you're not. You're not just trading him for future considerations. You're trading him and a high draft pick for future considerations. I know, I, you have to I, throw I, a sweetener I, in there. I am just saying, if you take money out of it, this well, guy yeah. is worth less than nothing on the trade value, on the trade. And, and an important note while we're at it: um, if Chicago were to buy out Brent Zebrook's contract, they're it's at buyout six, proof, isn't it? I'm not positive. Um, check. But they're at a $6.58 million cap hit this next season, 3.5 the following, and then 6.5 and $5 million for the next four years. So they're not gaining. It's pretty close to buyout proof, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah. really sure so how Rick much he manages them. I'm going to look has up. a full no movement clause for the next two seasons and a modified no trade for the last two years. Right. And I mean, even these numbers, it's they don't gain more than two hundred thousand dollars in movable cap space. Yeah, this contract is buyout proof. It's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you, literally, you're only it, you're effectively paying him the same price in twenty twenty one and twenty two twenty three. At the 6.5, it's like 3.5 in 21, 22, and then 5 in 23, 24. Then it's less than a million for the next four years. Like, it, it advantages you more at that point to bank on him getting hurt again and putting him on LTIR so you can reverse the effect of a buyout and use that money to go over the cap instead of, right? Because if you're buying him out and you have to pay 6.5, when you do the math, that's in terms of, cap you can actually have on your active roster 
if he would have been hurt instead, you're actually losing like $13 million in cap space, effectively. Because not only do you have that 6.5 as a buyout hit, you're losing out on the 6.5 that you could have stuck on LTIR. So it's a really tricky situation. I don't think they want to buy him out. I don't think it's a good idea. All right, so uh, why don't we go ahead and move on from the Blackhawks. Obviously, they have a lot of work to do at enter, entering the beginning stages of a rebuild um, and, and lots lots of work to do there. For the yes, Chicago let's talk about the happy offer. team. Yeah, honestly, the, the, the Colorado Avalanche, they've made some really solid moves, and this team looks even more primed to contend for a title this year than they did last year after they've added uh, Brandon Saad from Chicago, as we just discussed. And they also added defenseman Devin Tays from the New York Islanders, trading and trading for his rights and then signing him to a contract. So he'll be in their uh, defensive lineup this upcoming season. And this defensive group looks a lot stronger with him in the lineup. Uh, so, Josh, what do you think about the additions the Avalanche have made? Nutty, nutty. Uh, all right, I, I just want to talk to the guys that thought Lou Lamorello was the GM of the year. GM of the year gets fleeced by the guy who should have been the GM of the year. Look, this is a guy, Lamorello is a guy who has so poorly mismanaged his team that he was forced to sell off a guy he couldn't sign to a top three team in the league who had more cap space and were able to get him signed for more than he would have gotten with the Islanders. I actually think that was a bit above market value. Taves is good. But he only has one year under his belt. And 4.1 for that long is, I thought, a bit pricey. Not that he won't live up to it. I actually think Sackett could have gotten him for less. Um, but look, this team is balls to the wall incredible. Uh, not a red flag anywhere in their lineup. Landeskog, great. Sodden Jost, solid middle six guys. Calvert. Stellar fourth line. Bellamar, good fourth line C. Comfer, I don't love JT Comfer, but your team's so good that it doesn't matter. Kadri, good to see. McKinnon, top five player in the league. Even better middle six wingers with Donskoy and Burakovsky, Valeri Nachushkin, analytics darling. Rantanen, top line guy. Uh, and then the defense, just don't get me started. Taves is the second best defenseman on this team. And he'll be playing the bottom pair. <laughs> uh, you know, with guys like Ian Cole, who is an incredible third-pairing defenseman. Really, truly, the only red flag on this team is Eric Johnson, and it's just because he's an injury risk. When he's healthy, he's fine. Um, great thing being, they have the prospects to replace him. Cough, cough, Connor Timmons, Bowen Byram. Man. Uh, Oh, and they also got Dennis Gilbert in that sod trade who could step in and play some NHL games if he needed to in injury. Goaltending is okay. Could be better, but you don't need it to be elite with that defense and that offense. Um, I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, the reason why they lost was injuries to Dallas, and you're never going to see that again. You're never going to see that many guys go down for this team again. That was where that was your one year. I mean, you look at who they lost. 
Barbario, who didn't play for him, all AHL guys. Zadorov, who was overpaid and honestly didn't do much outside of hitting. Anton Lindholm, AHL. Mesnikov, trade deadline, wasn't that impressive. Only played like three games for him. Greer, AHL. Matt Nieto, fourth line, who they basically yeah. placed in their forward core with Brandon Saad. So that's an upgrade. Uh, yeah. It's actually kind of ridiculous. You've turned Zadorov and Nieto into Sod and Devontae's. That is what Colorado has done this offseason. And that is incredible. And what's more incredible than me, I'm jumping in, I'm sorry, but you hit right what I was going to say on the head. Um, this isn't a team that's just looking at their NHL lineup and saying, what do we need? This is a team that just got their butts handed to them by a Dallas team that was worse than them. Colorado is the better team. And I think if we saw a healthy Colorado with a full lineup, we would have seen Colorado. They were down to Michael Hutchinson. They were down to Michael Hutchinson. And you know what? They put up a fight. They were close with Michael Hutchinson. That given he performed really well, but um, – I mean, the, the minor league additions in this lineup are nuts to me. Um, you got Michael Vecchione, who is a great AHL scorer and can slide into a bottom, bottom six role immediately if they need him to. An all-around great center um, just knocking on the door. To the he NHL. for sure would. He played NHL games last year. No, he did not. Sherwood sure did He was with St. Louis last year. St. Louis did not use him, and I was screaming. No, Vecchione didn't. I was talking oh, about yeah. Kiefer Sherwood. Oh, well, that's where I was going. Kiefer Sherwood. Right. Um, someone I've worked with a lot. Great guy and just a great two-way player. Um, he, he's very aware of where the holes are in his game, and he's a very determined mind. So he is 25. He, um, he does have, you know, kind of – the decision or like the the deadline ahead of him of whether he's going to be an NHL or an AHL mainstay, but he's a very determined kid and he's, you know, got the, got the potential to join the NHL lineup. I mean, Dennis Gilbert, like you said, it's just, they're looking so much further than their NHL lineup. Um, this is a team that they could lose Genuinely, they could lose four, five, six guys to get injury, and I wouldn't be worried. You know, if Colorado's entire bottom six got hurt and they had to replace all six of them, I still think they'd be the best team in the Central. Um, Joe Sackett's done incredible, just absolutely amazing with building a thorough and deep lineup. I just, it blows my mind. He has. In my eyes, with this last 20 days, um, his first move offseason was made 20 days ago. In the last 20 days, he's guaranteed himself GM of the year. That's why I think. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a move that could be made that would top the acquisition of Saad, the acquisition of Pays. I mean, you know, all these minor league acquisitions, um, they all they fit Colorado's system. They cover all the holes that were apparent last year. Um, this is a team that's winning the Central. 
this is a team that's winning the West. And this is a team that if I had to put money down right now, I'd say they're winning the cup. I think this is Colorado's year. Yeah. Best team in the West, best team in the league, maybe. We'll see. And, and they've effectively turned what they had. I mean, Sada and Taze, those, I mean, you're talking about a guy who has potential to be a top four D and a top six, or a guy who's already a top six forward. So it doesn't get much better than that when you're talking about players you're adding onto the roster. So with that said, I want to go ahead and get started talking about the team that did manage to knock them out of the playoffs this past season, uh, the Dallas Stars. Haven't made a whole lot of moves this offseason. They did add uh, defenseman Mark Pissick as well as uh, they re-signed uh, – or not re-signed, but rather removed interim from Rick Bonus's title, so he is now the head coach of the team. Uh, not really losing a whole lot either. They did lose Matthias Janmark and, and Mark, Martin Hanzal. But uh, Roman Polak, I mean, these are all guys who they're not really the big names. They're, they're good, you know, bottom, you know, bottom six forwards or guys who really don't make the big impact. They're not top four defensemen. They're not top six forwards. There's, they're guys who are expendable, essentially. So, uh, Matt, I want to start with you on Dallas. Uh, do you think that they're going to be able to replicate their success from last year? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no. I think their run was a bit of a Cinderella run just because they had all cylinders clicking in the playoffs. I know Tyler Sagan's been injured, but you have to wonder what was injured seriously, but you have to wonder how how effective he'll be when he gets back. Um, Jamie Benn was really quiet in the playoffs and at the start, but then he turned it on and he was really, really solid. Um, for a guy that's nine and a half million and led the league in scoring a few years ago, I think, and your captain, you want to, you, you hope that he rebounds. Uh, Joe Pavelski proved he can still play. Um, $7 million is a bit steep, but in my opinion, but he's still a really effective player. Radulov, I really like him. Cogliano, just question um, what he's capable of, but he's, I guess, a, I, in my opinion, he's a solid second or third line left wing. Um, Radic Fox says decent. Dennis Gurionov definitely emerged as a top six player, and I really like the way he played. Blake Como's decent. Um, Jason Dickinson is all right. I think he's nothing more than like a third or fourth line center who can kill some penalties. Um, Joel Kibiranta, I guess. He definitely showed up in the playoffs, but I doubt that's really essentially just luck, in my opinion. Rupe Hintz should definitely rebound. But their defense is amazing. Miro Heiskanen is going to be a star in this league for a long time. Um, John Klinberg, if he can rebound, that's one of the best top two in my opinion in the entire league um Hessel Lindell is really solid Stephen Johns you got to wonder if he ever plays an NHL game again but who could be effective in the bottom um pairing um Jamie Oleksiak big body defenseman I think he's decent Andre Sakura I thought he was going to retire but yeah I don't know why I guess that extension. he's um I guess he's decent um I've never really liked him um Mark Pissick, like you said, solid acquisition. I think he's he doesn't get enough love just because he was in Florida, but he's definitely a solid defenseman and sometimes a forward. Um, and Taylor Feedin is decent. But the big question for me is who gets the starting role just because of how well Anton Kudobin played. I think it's his net to lose right now. Ben Bishop has been um, injury-prone his entire career. And I think if one of them are on the trade block right now, it's Ben Bishop. And you have to wonder – 
if he gets traded or if he's if he stays as the essential backup. So it, it's a really solid team. I'd, I'd say they're probably third or fourth, in my opinion, in the central. But they've got some guys that are that might get some NHL time. Thomas Harley's ready, in my opinion. Yeah. He's um, a really solid defenseman for Mississauga Steelheads and has proven that he deserves some ice time, mind you, in a probably a sheltered role. Um, Ty Delandria, I think, start the year off in the AHL, if he invests, then he could get a call up. Jason Robertson played really well in his first year in the AHL. Um, could get a look. Nicholas Camano, uh, Joel Esperance, another solid guy. And then Jake Ottinger. You got to wonder if they trade Ben Bishop if he gets playing time. Um, they've got two other solid uh, goalies in Landon Bow and Colton Point. Mind you, that Landon Bow is probably um, his ceiling, probably an AHL starter, but. I like this team all around, and I think that they have the chance to maybe potentially make a deep run if um, if they get lucky again. Now, I'm going to have to agree and disagree with you on something there, and that's the Dallas Stars goaltending situation. I really don't think that that is Kudobin's net to lose. Did Kudobin have an outstanding and magical playoff run? Absolutely. He was a really solid player for them. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he lost the, the Stanley Cup. He wasn't able to get a win there, but – um, definitely a solid goaltender, but I do not think it's his net to lose. He is not one of the top 10 goaltenders in the NHL. A very solid backup and a guy who can be a 1B, absolutely. But he is not a Vesna caliber goaltender, and that's exactly what Ben Bishop is. Does he have the health issues? Yes, absolutely. Ben Bishop has health issues. But he is a guy who could win you or could win a Vesna trophy almost every single year that he plays. So that's the big I, question I, is, but you have to look. He has he's had numerous hip surgeries. He has back injuries. You have to wonder how effective he is. Yes, two years ago when um, St. Louis beat them in Game Seven, he was the reason why Dallas even made it to Game Seven. But well, in my opinion, see, that's why I'm going to agree with you too, though, because I do think he's the one on the trade block because of his injury yeah. history. I do think yeah. they do look at trading him because they are comfortable with Kudobin. But like I said, I still think that job is Bishop's on day one of the upcoming season. I just I don't think you pay Kudobin. $3 million to be your back. I just, Bishop's 34. He's still like, I, I totally a hundred percent agree with you. He's when he's healthy, he's one of the best goalies in the league, but I think Rick bonus has, he, I think he really, really likes Kudobin. And if Kudobin can prove, I know he fell off at the end of the playoffs because he was tired and he's never played. He's never been given a starter's workload. Um, I still wonder how effective he could be if he is given that and proves that he could play like he did in the playoffs. I'm going 50-50. You're seen going now... 50-50 on Dallas? No, 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 no. Fans I wouldn't stop talking about him? I'm going 50-50 on Kadobin and uh, Bishop, oh. yeah. In terms of their split. Uh, in terms of making the playoffs, I'll also go 50-50. Um, I never <laughs> – I never thought they should have been there. You picked them to win the cup. At the beginning of the season, not <laughs> oh, yeah. when I watched them. Look, I mean, your center depth is uh, pretty spectacular. Sagan, Pavelski, Hintz, Fox. That's good, and it's going to help you if you make the playoffs. My concern is your wing depth. Uh, Cogliano is... I wouldn't even be as high on him as Matt was. I think he's fourth line at best. Justin Dallin, fourth line at best. 
Joel Kivaranta realistically fourth line at best. Those are your left wings plus Ben. That's not good. Gurionov's decent. Dickinson will probably find a home on the wing. Blake Como's got nothing left. So I I am concerned about, you know, it's an old team. We saw this coming. Uh, defense is pretty good. Heiskin and Klingberg, Alexiak, all solid. Pissick, solid. Harley, who knows? Esselundel is wildly overrated. Um, and goaltending is good. Look, I, I have him at third. There's going to be a tight battle behind him, though, and I could see him dropping out. I still think they make the playoffs, though. They're a playoff team in my eyes. Um, probably fifth or sixth in the West. I could see it happening where they don't make the playoffs, but uh, again, they didn't really change their team, so all you can account for is age. And we know they underperformed during the regular season. So you can project them to maybe drop a couple standings points from last season, but I, I, I wouldn't project too much differently in terms of their regular season outlook. This team's not a playoff team in the East. If they're in the Eastern Conference, they're not a playoff team. I think they're correct in the they're same bracket the as teams like Montreal. Yeah. Um, but they're a playoff team in the Central, not in the West. They're a playoff team in the Central because their competition is a Colorado team that, I mean, we already spoke enough praise on. Um, a St. Louis team that's downgraded a Nashville team that, you know, God knows what we should expect from them. Um, so t- Dallas, I mean, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn were non-existent in the playoffs. And it's not even that it was bad luck. Sagan had a lot of bad luck. He just wasn't putting himself in a position to succeed. Neither was Jamie Benn. Luckily, Radulov, Pavelski, Joel Kiviranta, um, they all were able to make up for it and throw Dallas into the finals. But, you know, you're not getting that next year. I think Pavelski ah, – I can't talk. I think Pavelski stays strong. I think Radulov stays strong. I think okay. Dennis Gurionov breaks out, which is saying He led the team in goals. How much more breaking out can he do? I think he's got more in the tank. He oh, he certainly better. does. I he think certainly he, does. 25 I, goals I think, next year. Yeah, I think he proves this year that he is a top line forward in the NHL. Mm, I mean, any, top six. Um, High end second line. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm very high on him, but if you're not getting production from Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to match where you were last year. You're not going to, I, I don't think they would get out of the first round. Um, so if those two can rebound, I think they're a solid team. I think they're solid enough to um, trump some of the teams that are a bit shakier in the West. Teams like St. Louis, Nashville, uh, Edmonton now. Um, but I just, yeah, I think if I had to lay it out, I, I don't see them getting out of the first round. I think they make the playoffs um, on, on a whim. I think it's pure luck because of the city. Excuse me, because of the situation they're in and nothing more. It's definitely going to be tough for Dallas to repeat. They did have a wildly successful postseason run. Uh, and only time will really, will really tell 
if they can put it all back together under Rick Bonus as their new full-time head coach. So, Wait, I'll start talking about which congrats to Rick Bonus. I know. Oh my amazing guy came into a crazy difficult situation. Let his team his story and his hire now what was I announced today. Yeah. That is bigger than Craig Berube's story or you know any of the coaches Rick we've Bonus seen. Was the coach? Congrats to him. Amazing person. Ass terrible (laughs) inaugural Ottawa Center. This guy has been everywhere. I love him. He's a great dude. I'm happy he took the job. Dallas was going to offer it to him, of course, but I wasn't sure if he'd take it or not. I'm glad he took it. Okay. And I just, they couldn't be in better hands. Yeah. I mean, just from a, a person, a locker room, an off ice perspective. I'm so happy for him. That news makes me so happy. I had to throw that in there. Yep. All right, so moving on from the Minnesota uh, – Moving on from the from Dallas From the Minnesota Stars. North Stars to the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, exactly. Minnesota North Stars to the Minnesota Wild, yeah. So we, we do have the Wild to discuss. Um, oh, man. We didn't even talk about those jerseys. Oh, do I go back and – Oh no, we're leaving all this in. <laughs> uh, I, what do we think about those? Honestly, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of like them. I, I like, like the them. idea. It, it, it's. I, I think like I need them. to see them on the ice before I give a definitive. I like them, but based on the like the little preview or whatever you want to call it, the Dallas posted online, I do like them. I like them. <laughs> They're a walking uh, replication of Salavat. Salavat. Uh, you lay up Ufa's jerseys in the KHL. Yes. Like yeah. Literally the exact same. So, Which is weird because usually it's the KHL copying the – like Sochi's team ripped off the Sharks this year or something. Uh, yeah. I, I read on Twitter that someone compared it to running through a, a laser tag room with bright green paint on the wall. But <laughs> I kind of like it. Uh, depends on what most people view as liking jerseys. There's never jersey made – a lot of people like there's always some people that hate on it but i i kind of like it yeah hey now so, we can talk about minnesota yeah now we can talk about the next team on our list after all the little things about dallas i i can't seem to remember so um anyway so they haven't really done a whole lot if anything this team has actually gotten worse in my eyes i don't think that's really just my eyes i think that's a lot of wow eyes. Uh, i disagree wow yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I yeah, you do your piece. You're about to get eaten alive, bud. All right. <laughs> so, let, me whole little, let, me, let me restart my whole little spiel then. All right. No, I want to hear this. No, I let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm cheating. One, my blood is boiling. <laughs> one of the, the few things that I, I do like about this team, right, they added Ian McCaution, defenseman from Chicago. Uh, Nick Benino, I do like his addition. Those are, those are the two big ones that I like. I like those. I think they kind of stayed neutral there because they traded away Eric Stahl and brought in Marcus Johansson, who can be good if put in the right role. But Which I, is not a center. Yeah, right. it's, it's not a given. He can be – I think there's a lot of – I shouldn't say it necessarily. I think they got worse. I just think there are a lot of ifs. Like, it's not like a set in stone this team got better in my eyes. Bukestad, once again, kind of like Johansson. If put in the right situation, he could be successful – but there's, there's some question there. Talbot, he's shown that he can be good, 
but I need to see him prove it to me. I, I don't look at that addition and say right away, he's going to be a great starting goaltender for this team. I, and as I've already touched on, they lost Eric Stahl in the Johansson trade with Buffalo. Uh, with Buffalo. They lost Galchenyuk, which I understand. I, I still like Galchenyuk. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he was a solid winger for them. Or a winger in center. He's a solid forward for them. Uh, Miko Koivu leaving, that's a leadership voice, you're, you know, from the locker room that you're losing, right? And then Donato, I know he hasn't exactly panned out, but a guy that I still think had potential. There is one name you have not mentioned. Devin Dubnik. No. Real Kaprizov. No. Real Kaprizov. Kaprizov. That's not showing up on my screen. What the fuck? Yeah, because you rely on your damn screen. by the team, but he's been on a KHL contract that finally ended. He's coming over next season. Okay. This coming guy up. is your top line left winger. He's an immediate star in the NHL. Look, 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 look. I'm I, not going to lie. I know nothing about Kaprizov, so. I, I, here's the thing. I'm low on Minnesota. I'm not low. I mean, I, I, I have Minnesota as my second wild card in the West. Really? Eight. That probably jumps to maybe surpassing Dallas if Rossi makes the team. I have that because they have a lot of other bodies they brought in, like Bugstad, uh, and I'm not so sure that there's a roster spot for Rossi because obviously, you know, just in terms of the cap and waivers and whatnot, he is the guy that if he isn't making a huge impact right away, he's not making the team. Um, which means if he makes a team, he's going to make a huge friggin' impact, which I think is certainly in the cards. I mean, I have Minnesota is eighth. Uh, your goalies, I'm shaky on. Talbot, I don't love, but he's better than Dubnik. You've improved your goaltending. And Capo Kakinen could be good next year and force Staylock out of a long-term backup role. Um, so we'll see about that. Defense is chef's kiss good. I mean, Suter's still got it. The criminally, perpetually underrated, but somehow appropriately paid, Jared Spurgeon. Um, you kept Dumba, good offensive D. You kept Brodeen, great defensive D. That's an incredible pairing. And then Carson Soucy and Brad Hunt, solid third pairing that has a very similar makeup to your second pairing. The offense is where things get hairy, but that defense enough. Uh, I mean, look, you have Parise, who's still solid. I'm expecting bigger things out of Joel Erickson Eck next season. Uh, you have to remember that Kevin Fiala kind of sucked to start the year and they probably lost six points due to that. Uh, he'll be back ready to go this year. Um, right. Just your glaring hole is Johansson as your projected one C. Um, but I love the Nick Benino edition. He's such an upgrade over Cunning, at least in the short term. Um, though I think Cunning won't be bad for Nashville if used effectively. Bugstad can be okay when healthy. They got him at a reasonable price. Rask is whatever, overpaid, but, you know, he, he can plug and play if necessary. I mean, this team, really, aside from the one seed position, doesn't have any holes to me. Um, there are certainly areas where you could improve to become a contending team, but again, are we seeing them slip right back into second or third in the central and losing the first and second round every year? 
Like, are they just going to go through this cycle again? Because this is where I think this team is heading. I mean, we'll see what Garen's able to do, but Minnesota's a playoff team next year, in my eyes, in that conference. Here's my take on Minnesota. Get ready. The Minnesota Wild ranked second in the Central Division this year, and I don't think it's going to be close. Um, let's, let's look at this. So, as you said, their defense is incredible. Top well, you bottom. just hate your team. That's both why. Ends, well, hear me out. Hear me out. Uh, both ends of the ice, their defense is terrific. Um, I mean, they have the their seven defensemen is top five in the league, and it's second best. Well, yeah, I'd say second best in the West behind Colorado, and that's only because Colorado has Kale McCarr, who can put up sixty points or however many he scored last year. Um, I think it was about 55, somewhere around there. Um, but so you have one of the most elite defenses in the league. And then you have Kaprizov coming in. Using NHLE, uh, Byron Bader's model that I never shut up about. Um, but it's a model that, for those that don't know, it converts the scoring in other leagues into an NHL perspective. So you can kind of see how that player would have performed in the NHL um, or how their performance in a different league would translate over. Last season, Kaprizov, let me pull it up just so I make sure. He scored an NHL equivalent of 73 points last year. Two years ago, he scored an NHL equivalent of 72 points. Three years ago, 43 points. I mean, he has put up terrific numbers in the KHL. And if he can come over and actually match that 70-plus point mark, he's going to be an immediate star. Not to mention the fact that Kaprizov, again, for those who aren't positive, haven't spent a bunch of time watching him, He's a speedy, smaller winger with an absolute rifle of a shot. Fast as hell, and he'll blow the puck by you. Where, if you just had to think, where would that translate better? On a bigger sheet of ice or a smaller sheet of ice? I mean, he's more compact here. He's going to be able to use his amazing agility, his great shot. He's going to be put in, I mean, there's so many positions to succeed. And he's going to be the focal point of their power play. I think he scores 30 goals and well over 80 points this year. Um, but even looking past him, Kevin Fiala broke out in February. And you had to kind of think, well, what happened to the Minnesota Wild in February? Well, I believe it was February 18th. Coaching change. Dean Evanson came on as the interim head coach. On July 13th this summer, Evanson was named the full-time head coach. That's not a coincidence. Kevin Fiala absolutely blossomed under Evanson. There's, I, the fit there is so amazingly perfect. Um, and I don't think, I have no doubt in my mind that Fiala is gonna disappoint next year. I think he found a coach that supports him fully and a coach that wants to use him as a star. 
and we're going to see that again next year. We saw it this year. Um, and then Marco Rossi, uh, again, using NHLE, he scored an equivalent of 53 points last year. Uh, I don't think he comes in and sets 53 points, but I think he can – I think that easily shows that he can grab an NHL role right out of the gate. Um, and I think that's matched by the confidence he shows, the work ethic he shows, the determination, just talking to the kid. This is a guy that wants to make the NHL, like now. Um, he's counting down the minutes till he can put on a Minnesota Wild jersey. Um, the determination is just unmatched, and it shows in his play. And if he can make it, I'm putting him at one C right away. Um, yes, I don't, I don't. There's nobody I, better suited for it on this team. No, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think he's a one C. I don't think he should play center in the NHL. But if you have a line of Fiala, Rossi, and Kaprizov, those are three guys bound for stardom. Maybe Fiala's the weak link, weak link. But you know what this line reminds me of is. Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Gabriel Landeskog in Colorado. Um, you have two guys that are just stars in the league, and then you have a third guy that, all right, maybe we'll call him a star. Um, so I just, you know, I, I think there are definite issues with Minnesota's offense, like you mentioned. I think their second line is, like, surprisingly weak. Um, with how good their first line is, you would think they had some something to show on their second line other than Sucarello and Parise and you know pick your center to put there um but they have an elite first line if Rossi makes it they have an elite defense and then you know what I'm taking the over on Cam Talbot and Alex Stalock um Talbot has I mean he was disappointing years ago but these last couple of years, he's been all right. Um, I think he's shown that he can earn a NHL starting role and perform all right in it. Um, Stalick yeah. backed up Devin Dubnik and then won the starting role from Dubnik last year, which well, is saying, saying a lot. Well, because Dubnik was just such a household name for Wild fans. Right. Um, Think about how, think about, you know, how devoted, you know, Florida was to Bobrovsky this year or something. Um, once you find that guy, you stick to him. And to see Stalick earn that role, um, I think speaks to how strong he can be as a backup. And then you have, let me get the name right, Kakonen, Kapo Kakonen in the AHL. Or if you want to run three goalies, you can run three goalies. And I think he shows the exact same potential as Stalin. Uh, great yeah. backup who could earn the starting role. Um, I don't think their goaltending is good. Uh, I would not pick it. I think it's middle of the pack in the central. But it's good enough. With that but Dumnik was never elite. He was just playing behind a great, no. right? Yeah. So if, and I, I guess the argument that Talbot can... Yeah, this is a team that played in the playoffs with Nick and Matt. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're gonna see 
Let's see how I should word this. Last season, when last season started, I hated Minnesota. I thought they were going to be the worst team in the Central. I thought, you know, this is a team that made no effort to do anything. They aren't even trying anymore. And they made the playoffs, and they were good for most of the year. Um, well, good by their standards. So now they're trying. Now they have guys like Kaprizov, um, who's in a contract year. Fiala, who's in a contract year. Um, you know, goalies that want to actually earn their spot for once. Uh, this is a team that's finally putting in effort. A team that, um, you know, is made up of, of fighters, of guys who want to win. And so last season, I had no expectations for them. They blew my mind. This season, they put in a lot of effort. They got the pieces. And I think they're going to surprise again. I really do. Before we move on, I just wanted to point out, you've, got, you've also got one of the leading scorers in the AHL and Gerald Mayhew, who can definitely slot in as your – Oh, yeah. Just throw him in your second right wing. Like, do it. And then you guys had, didn't mention him. You've got the top talents of Kaprizov, who's been lights out ever since he, he was drafted in 2015 and who's been everyone's godsend or, and savior. When is he coming over? When is he coming over? And then Marco Rossi is going to be a steal from this draft. He, he already is. You can get him at nine. But Adam Beckman, superb mm. pick. Third round, 75th overall in 2019. He put up 62 points in his draft year, and this year he put up 107. That step forward is absolutely insane. And I'd, I'd be curious to see what um, his point projection is on uh, Bader's model. But um, just an overall guy who I think could very well be their um, second-line left wing of the future and who definitely creates a solid second line if he's making the jump to the NHL this year with uh, Mayhew as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, oh, well, real quick Beckman last season? His equivalence was 42 NHL points, so that's nuts. Um, but before we move on again, just looking at it, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Alex Kovanov? I love him, I think he could be a great bottom six option. Yeah, I know, I know he's had some issues in Russia over the past week or two. Uh, I think I'm on the same said, ship with you. Yeah. I mean, the guy's going to be good. I just think he had some disciplinary issues the past couple of weeks. I don't, I didn't read the full story, but. Um, I'm, I'm on the same boat as you, Gabe. He's, he's proven with the Moncton Wildcats that he's a, a great pick. I think he's very effective in the role that he was allowed to play in Moncton. Um, like, I, like you said, I don't think he's, he, his ceiling is probably a, a third line forward, but a very effective one at that. And I think his addition would solve some of the worry that's in Minnesota. I'm, I'm not. I'm probably not as high as you are on them, but I definitely like the direction that they're heading in for sure. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say before we move on real quick that I'll walk back my whole coppers off, uh, not coppers off, my whole uh, Minnesota thing. I, they got a little bit better, right? They, I still think <laughs> they lost. Bit. Overall, they probably lost more than they. Well, they lost overall. They lost more than they gained via trades, free agency, offseason moves. In terms of prospects coming up to the system, they gained. So I think it's going to kind of just you know we'll see what happens. But 
it's slightly i still say it's it's neutral or slightly above neutral i don't think that they improved that much just because they did make a lot of moves this offseason but um with that said we'll move on to the next team and this and our next team has really been on a steady decline ever since losing the stanley cup finals to the pittsburgh penguins that team is the nashville predators they really haven't been able to put it together for a couple of years now declining goaltending from pecorino uh you know he's just getting older it's just you know father time gets everybody so uh, uh, catching up with, with Rene and his career appears to be winding down in the next couple of years. But looking at the moves that Nashville made this year, they, they brought in Matt, uh, not Matt, uh, Mark Borowiecki from Ottawa free agent, uh, Nick Cousins, Brad Richardson. So some guys who are, like I said earlier, uh, with uh, guys who are bottom six, you know, bottom pair defensemen, guys who can play a solid contributing role but aren't necessarily the star players. And they did lose quite a bit uh, just in general. They, they did lose Kyle Turris, Nick Benino, Craig Smith. These are all some big names that were integral parts of this team that, that will not be returning for next season. So, Matt, what do you think? Do you think Nashville's going to be able to take a step forward or are they just continuing with the decline? Yeah, I think they, they had the best out of the offseason in Michael McCarron. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, the, oh, that guy. He's – I think they're decent. I'm not they, – they've never had a one – a first-line center. Ryan Johansson was supposed to be that. But you look back at that trade now, and it's totally one-sided for Columbus. Matt Duchesne's a severe overpayment who really struggled in his first year at $8 million until 2025-26. That's another um, cap strain for sure. Philip Forsberg is decent. He can He can put up the points, but – I need to see more consistency from him. Victor Arvidsson has struggled since he was injured and would definitely add a lot to this team if he can both booster up his offense and put up 30 goals like he can. Colton Sissons is decent. I don't I don't mind him. Rocco Grimaldi is very effective for his size. Cali Yarncroke is a decent winger. Um, nothing too special. Nick Cousins, again, bottom six pairing. Him and Brad Richardson, I don't think. See, I don't have them being really, really effective other than being decent guys. I like the Luke uh, Conan acquisition. I think he has the chance to be solid if they can re-sign him. But I'd like to point out that I really do think Eli Tolvanen is ready for the, this to make the team. Like, their, their offense is really struggling. And I know he's been touted as – he was touted as the next big thing, but and he struggled to produce because of that those expectations. But – He's a guy that I think could go in there and really help bolster the offense. And they've got a very, very special player in Philip Tomasino. Um, being from Oshawa, I've had a front row seat to watch him. And he's he's a very, very special player and someone who some people don't think he'll make this squad. Some people have been making this squad if he has a strong training camp. But if not this year, definitely next year. And then they've got some decent prospects. I really like um, – Igor Afanasyev, um, I mm-hmm. think he has a chance to be really solid. Rem Picklick is decent. Uh, yeah. um, Didn't they just get rid of Pitlick, though? Or no? It says Rem Picklick signed for another year. No, they signed him. Oh, they signed him. Not, I, I was going to say, I saw his name recently. I couldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then their goalie situation. I think Saros gets the starting job because Pecorine has is beginning to struggle. Um, he's 37, and I think if Nashville is smart, you give Sarah 
Sorrows the majority of the starts and see where he's running with it. You've got the the in my mind the best goalie prospect in the world outside of the NHL and Askarov, and he's definitely your goalie of the future. But he's definitely he's a few years out, and you need to be you need to have reliable offense, a defense, and goaltending to be successful in the league. And Connor Ingram as well. So you you're not hurting with a depth option. Um, I wonder who gets the start, but if Connor Ingram shows he can um, produce like he did last year in the AHL, then he's definitely a guy who I could see getting some playing time as well. Yeah, I I have Nashville ninth in the West, right on Minnesota's butt. Um, look, I like Forsberg a lot. Johansson, you're right. I He's not that. He is not what they want him to be. Um, however, I wouldn't, Matt Duchesne is going to have a bounce back here. I'd count on that. Another guy who I think could step into that top six and, you know, he's supposed to have done it by now, but I think this year's the year is Ellie Tolvanen. Um, this is it. This is a shot. We're kind of running out of time on him. Uh, so hopefully he can do it. Underrated addition in Nick Cousins. This guy is spectacular. Um, he was spectacular for Vegas. Um, I mean, he really did have a great season last year. Um, 25 points in 65 games, 10 goals. Uh, he had 27 points the year before that. I mean, this guy's legit, bottom six, high, higher-end talent. Cali Arncroke's good. I love Rocco Grimaldi, little spark plug. Uh, Sissons, I like, like, I, I don't mind the bottom six at all. Richardson's still a passable 4C. Uh, see another AHL guy like Yakov Trenin come in and steal that for a left wing spot. Let's see. Top pair is ridiculous. Yossi and Ellis shouldn't be allowed. Uh, at home, still great, but I was not impressed with Dante Fabro last year at all. Uh, this guy was supposed to be you know, the last piece in that top four, um, he, he did nothing for me. Sorry. The problem with Nashville is the same problem that they've had for years. They, they have a strong defense. The forwards just aren't there. That's the, that's the biggest issue with Nashville right now. And I wouldn't even call it that. I mean, it's not like they have terrible offense, but Minnesota's is better. Come on. Uh, and Boryechki and Benning, you did a nice job filling out that bottom pair. Saros is good. Rene is not going to have that bad a year again. He's not going to rebound all the way to starter role, but he's not going to have that bad of a year again. He's going to post a save percentage starting with a nine. I can tell you that. Uh, they have Connor Ingram to fall back on. Yeah. So... This team is not approaching suckage territory quite yet. And I still think they could make the playoffs if something went wrong with the team ahead of them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's no way Nashville is making the playoffs. They definitely wouldn't in the East. Um, but I would... they're, they're kind of a first couple of wild, like the, we'll yeah, like you said, if something happens, like they could be like they are one a bubble, of the first couple They are a bubble team, which, yeah. You can't say that anymore. That's got a different connotation now. I know. I was just going to say that. God. A bubble team's a playoff team at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I would actually 
and this this might get some stark reactions, but I would say Nashville just needs to tear it down if their defense wasn't incredible. I think their defense is great. Like you said, Romeo Yosti, uh, did he just win the Norris? Yeah. God, I mean, he's, he's kid's good. incredible. Ryan Ellis, uh, very, very underrated defenseman. Should have been a Norm- Norris nominee himself. Um, Matthias Eckholm, love of him. I think he would be a top pair guy on any other team. Uh, any other team that doesn't have Ryan Ellis and Roman Yossi uh, as their top pair. Um, Dante Fabro, sometimes you see that with guys coming out of college. Um, he came out of Boston University, who was in a pretty easy uh, college division. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to rest on his disappointing season. I think he could rebound um, and find his, his place um, in that second pair right defense role. Um, you know, that's a great defense. But what else do they have? I mean, like you guys said, Rijo disappointed. Matt Duchesne is disappointed and is actually actively in trade rumors. Um, we're seeing that again with Duchesne, like we've seen it everywhere else he's been, uh, where the team just doesn't want him anymore. It's not that he's bad. It's not that, you know, he's overly disappointed. Um, they just don't want him. Uh, and so Duchesne might not even be with the Predators next year. Um, Phil Forsberg, he's still young. And I think if you um, tried to do as quick of a rebuild as you could, He'd be a great focal point. And then their youth is incredible. Um, this is a prospect pool that gets slept on way too much. Um, Jakob Trennan is an immediate middle six guy in the NHL. Um, he's got, let's, four points in 12 KHL games so far um, in the 2020-2021 season. Not bad, especially considering the fact that he plays on one – he plays on the best team in the KHL. And I'm pretty sure he's a fourth-line guy. Um, I would have to look at their lineup again. I'll actually pull it up right now. But Jakob Trennan is getting disrespected in the KHL uh, because he's on the best team in the league. So I think he comes into the NHL with you know a chip on his shoulder, and I think he is poised to produce right away. Uh, another guy that I know real well, worked with him a lot. Uh, he is just, he's a gag. Um, let's see, yep, Jakob Trennan, real quick, is on the fourth line uh, for St. Petersburg. So, I mean, it's just, and still four points in 12 games. But um, Igor Afanasyev, he is, I believe, 6'3". And if you watched him play, he's got the agility of someone that's like 5'9". Kid special. Kid is special. Um, Philip Tomasino. uh, I mean, special. He's a great player. He's a future top six guy in the NHL. I think Afanasiyev is the same. Um, You know, even some of the the more under-the-radar guys. uh, Zach Magwood, I like him. Um, Lucas Craggs. A uh, bit older, but I think he, you know, could hold a torch one day. Um, and, you know, Connor Ingram, um, Jeremy Davies, you know, they have the AHL guys. 
So if it weren't for how terrific their defense was, I would see no reason why Nashville shouldn't just trade Rigo, trade Duchesne, try and get prospects and see where you're at in three years. Um, I don't think they're a playoff team. I think their offense is going to disappoint just like they did last year. Um, and I think they're going to have the same issues with pride with their goalies. Um, they're not going to, they're not going to do what the Rangers did the Lundquist, you know, um, they're going to keep Renee on the bench at least. And I think that's going to cause some turbulence. So yeah, I, I think they could rival a wild card if the Pacific is really bad this year, but I don't think the Pacific will be really bad this year. Um, Nashville's out of the playoffs and the, I you love don't the think the Pacific. Wow. Let's see. Let's see. Wow. This is a preview of the what next episode for you guys. Yeah. So I won't yeah. Do into depth, but man, you um, suck. Calgary's going to be so fun to watch. Calgary's Kings made so many changes. Uh, we're going to see if they can continue to not be bad. Uh, Edmonton, I'm taking the over on. Um, I am taking the over on Edmonton, but yeah. I love Edmonton, dude. They got Kyle Turris to play next to Connor McDavid. Come on. Um, and Jesse Pulgujarvi, which I wrote an article about him. I love Jesse Pulgujarvi. I can't pronounce those Spanish names. I'm not even going to try. If, if I'm correct, it's Pulgujarvi. I'm not like, 100% sure I, on that. None of you can say it right. So how do you pronounce it? Pulgujarvi. That's what I said. No, you said Yarvi. Um. Anyways, you gotta roll so through think, it. I think the West is Vegas at one because Vegas is another cup favorite. Oh my god, um, they're great. I love Vegas. You want to hear my hot take? I should probably. Oh, right, Josh, wait, no, no, hot, yeah, no hot, no hot take. Save it for next week. Um, I think number two. I don't know. I think I think Nashville is far below any of those contenders in the Pacific Division. And so I don't think they grabbed the wild card because of it. Um, yeah, Nashville's out of the playoffs. I think they need to be eyeing some sort of rapid rebuild um, yeah. and see where they're at in a few years. But this is a team that's out of funk. They fired a Hall of Fame coach last season or future Hall of Fame coach in LaViolette. Um, yeah, I just I'm disappointed and I think I'm going to continue to be disappointed. Yeah, and I will say I, I'm not going to hate on you for that assessment because I'm right in the same boat. I, I was thinking it. I wasn't going to say it right necessarily just because they do have that stellar defense, but the Nashville Predators are definitely a team that is in need of a rebuild if it were not for that defense. So with that said, uh, let's move on to the final team in the Central Division of no, the Western Conference. Not the Conference. final team. I want to get to Winnipeg. Winnipeg. That's yeah. all I want to Sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. I've, I forgot about Winnipeg. Okay. So we'll move, oh, on to the yeah, Winnipeg. Team, we'll move on to the next team in the Central Division. All right, yeah. the St. Louis Blues. Gabe's hometown team, his, his favorite, losing Captain Alex Petrangelo and effectively replacing him with the short man, Tory Krug. So do you think there's going to be some dividends paid this, this upcoming season? No, we're going to Gabe first. Give it to Gabe. Yeah, Gabe the Blues fan here. Get out of here. No, but I want him to be a part. 
I didn't want to talk about this. Josh, you can go. If you or I can tear you take. apart. Because oh. I'm way higher. I'm you know what? Let's let, 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 all right, we'll, we'll let Josh go first, then Gabe can okay. rip you a new one after. Okay, you can strike me down here. However, this is going to be the Robert Thomas here in St. Louis. This kid is sick. He is so slept on. And honestly, this team was an 100-point team last year, effectively over a whole season without Tarasenko. And Tarasenko's donezo for this year, too. They're not hurting because they're going to get another. This kid's only 20. He's going to only be 21 this season. Already got 42 points in 66 games last year, 33 and 70 the year before. Robert Thomas could be a 60-point player next year, and I wouldn't be shocked. Um, and when you look at the other guys you have surrounding him in the top six, Perron, Shen, O'Reilly, Schwartz, Zach Sanford, who also does not really get enough love. He got uh, – let's see, Internet, come on. He was great last year. 30 points last year in 58. Goals. 16 goals. Um, 16 goals, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got more to grow. He's – oh, well, he's 25. But, you know, you could see 40 – you know, he's good with O'Reilly. You've got a great 3C in Bozak. Sunkfist, decent on the third line. Sammy Blay, meh. I'm not high on him. Whoa. Uh, Alex Steen, you don't know if he's going to be back or not, um, whether he'll be hurt. I don't know. But you've got the prospects coming. You've got Cairo. Barbashev is a very, very meh 4C. But, I mean, St. Louis has got other guys in the system here. They've got – Oh, let me see. And Kyrou, some Costin. Ky, well, Ky, Costin, that was who I was thinking of. Costin, who should be good. Uh, you've got uh, Curtis McKenzie, who can come in and play some NHL games. Uh, Nathan Walker. So you're not going to hurt in your bomb six. Look, Tory Krug is not necessarily a top pairing defenseman in his own right and I do think they overpaid for him how oh well no I forgot they only signed him to 6.5 not bad bad. when you put him with Pareko though that is incredibly solid and I can see those two working together to form a really dynamic first pair where you're gonna be able to have Krug be the offensive dynamo it's going to sort of be like a prime Paul Martin-Brent Burns pairing, like it was a few yeah. years ago for the Sharks. Um, those guys are going to be sick together. And look, Vince Dunn is going is to have to get more usage this year, and he's going to capitalize on it. Again, Justin Falk. That's the worst contract maybe in the whole division aside from Seabrooks. Um Put him on Dunn and hope Dunn carries him. That's my solution. Uh, and then you've got a really great defensively sound third pairing in Scandella and Bortuzzo. And that's not even accounting for the fact that you have a future stud coming in Scott Perunovic, uh, who hopefully will knock Folk out of the lineup pretty soon. Uh, and then goaltending, Bennington is good, right? Like, he's legit. Huso, who knows? Uh I think you could – here's my – you know, if, if you can make the space here by putting Steen on LTIR, 
Um, I would look at if Huso, I mean, if you look at this guy, I mean, 909 in the AHL, 871 the year before. This guy has not been good in like three years. So do we see a Ryan Miller return to St. Louis? Oh, no. I'd like to see it. (laughs) Right? Like, you you just need somebody to help Bennington. Bennington's a starter. He'll be able to – I mean, who knows how many games the season's going to be. But in 82, he can can handle 55, 60 starts. Um, I have St. Louis's second in the Central, fourth in the Conference. Um, I have a decently sizable gap. Well – I have Colorado, team who shall not be named, team who shall not be named, St. Louis, Dallas, team, right? I'm not, I'm not going to throw away my Pacific standings. That's my hot take. You're going to say these teams who should not be named then. I'll say it. Vegas, I don't have Vegas first. Oh, Josh. I'm gonna that is my there. hot take. And I well, love the Knights, but that is my hot take. Tune in next week. <laughs> Yep. I just all right. I'll I have I'll an start. Alberta team first, but I'm not gonna tell you which one. Oh um, okay, okay. Right, so but St. St. Louis has got what it takes. I mean they've got the defense, their offense eclipses most that we've been over so far, especially Minnesota's and Nashville's. Their defense lags a little bit because Falk exists, but you know, he's at least still an NHL player, just not 6.5. So I'm not expecting a cup out of these guys next year, but they are a divisional playoff team still. I will uh, I'll start my spiel on St. Louis by addressing a couple rumors. Um, one, at this time, it is entirely expected that the last – uh, the last season on Alex Dean's contract, the last season of his career, um, will be spent on long-term IR. Right. Which sucks. We're um, thinking the whole year, not just the first couple yeah, months. Yeah, that is the rumor right now. Um, Doug Armstrong appeared on, on an ESPN show. I can't remember which, um, but a bit ago, and he just sounds so pessimistic about it. You kind of read between the lines, and he was just – he was really looking down on it. Um, for those who don't know, Steen, as soon as the Blues left the bubble, he made a beeline back to Sweden where he's been rehabbing for an injury that was kind of revealed, kind of kept secret. Um, and with him being back in Sweden, team doctors haven't been able to really confirm anything or set any sort of timetable for the injury. Um, putting him on LTIR gets the team up to, um, let's see, 4.575 million in cap space. Just enough to sign done. And then have yeah. a little bit of breathing room. And um, potentially Ryan Miller. Well, the rumor is, again, that Bill Huso is the backup of the future. Um, he struggled with injuries last few years, and hence his poor play. He is, he's not looked like the same goalie. I mean, it looks like you swapped him out for someone else. 
Um, injuries have been really killing him in the AHL, but they're they're going with him. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, Who's the other guy you like, got? Evan Fitzpatrick. Oh no, <laughs> Evan Fitzpatrick. They do have him, but I mean he is hardly an ECHL goalie. Um, they got John John Gillies. Is oh oh is? right from Calgary. Uh, yeah, they got him from Calgary, and then Joel Hofer, I believe, starts oh, his sick. AHL eligibility. Joel Hofer, future star. Love that kid. Um, He's going to be But so here's good. the thing with St. Louis is they don't, they don't know what they want out of their team. Um, and I think that's been shown very clearly by the decisions they've made in the last few, um, the last month. Um, Bill Armstrong, assistant GM, amazing scout, amazing draft guy, left to become the general manager of the Coyotes. And um, since then, Craig Berube has been running the show, if you look into it. Uh, Kyle Clifford signed, Tori Krug signed. Um, you know, all these moves have really emphasized Craig Berube's hard-hitting um, old style of play. Um, the Blues led the league in dump-ins last season, which are not really a thing anymore. Uh, that style of dump-and-chase play is gone wayside. Um, and their moves, Kyle Clifford, Tori Krug, um, Jake Neighbors in the draft, uh, you know, those just solidify that this is a team that's giving Ruby and I um, I think we're going to see Vince Dunn stuck on the third pairing again, and I don't think Scotty Perunovich makes this lineup. Um, no, I should, don't either. He should be the top, or he should be the second line left defenseman behind Vince Dunn on this lineup. But this is a team that's consistently neglected college that's, defensive prospects like Walmart. Proves your third Rink. pairing D. Yeah. Um, I, Krug is a power play specialist who's strong defensively at even strength. Um, I think that would pair perfectly with Justin Falk on the third pairing. It's kind of like putting oh, Devin man. Murado. Um, but, um, you know, this is a team that consistently neglects their Wow. Lynn Costin got six games last year. Mitch Ranke, none. Jake Wallman, none. And Jake Wallman actually isn't even signed right now. Uh, Nico Mikola, again, no game or uh, a few games last year, but I mean, they don't they don't want to promote their youth, um, and they don't want to get out of the ways that are causing them trouble. The old school style of play that's causing them trouble. Um, I agree that Robert Thomas blossoms. He will immediately fill that top line role that Tarasenko leaves open if Tarasenko's hurt to start the year, um, which is a if we aren't positive yet, he will be reevaluated right before the season starts. Um, but I just, I, I have St. Louis third in the central um, fighting for the wild card, fighting not, not to be bumped down to the wild card. Um, I think their biggest challenge will be Dallas. Uh, if Dallas can get the rebound, like I mentioned earlier, then they're booting St. Louis out of the top three, and God knows if St. Louis will even make the playoffs. Um, this is a team that lost 
the man that ranked fourth in Norris voting last year. And this is a team that lost the second best backup goalie in the NHL and replaced him with an AHL player. So you're going to see misses in St. Louis. You're going to see a team that doesn't really know their identity or how they want to use their players. Um, and you're going to see a team who, real quick, their power play is not going to be good. It was third place in the league last season, but they lost head or assistant coach Mark Savard, power play coach, um, power play wizard during his NHL career. They lost him. Um, and I think that's really going to affect him too. So it's going to be an interesting year for St. Louis. This is going to be a, um, a coming of age story or a, you know, fall back down to earth. And I don't think there's any in between. It'll be something. I'm so incredibly nervous. So I, I just got to, I got to jump in here real quick because the mere thought that you're suggesting that Tory Krug is a third pairing defenseman to me is utter blasphemy. I am totally yeah, aware. I got to offensive- agree with he's that. An off- he is an offensively skilled defenseman. I understand he's a power play specialist. He's undersized. And because of his lack of size, he has consistently been undervalued as a player his entire career so far. I want to take a minute and look at his possession metrics over his career. All right. Yeah. His first, normally, I'm the one first, dunking on Brandon, but I I got I got to stick with him here. I'm looking at his first two seasons. So I'm looking at literally every single game for every season he has been in the NHL. His first two seasons, he played a combined three games in the regular season, Yawn. and went negative negative five point eight in those first three games of of his career. Since then, over the course of the re- every other season. He has failed to have a negative rating. His lowest was a .7 his third year, which he played 79 games. Other than that, he had uh, you know, a 1.1 in 2017-18. Every other year, he has had at least a rating of 3.4. He is consistently undervalued as a defender. I understand his size can make him a little bit of a liability at times but he is by far and away much better than a third pairing defenseman on any team in the NHL. I don't care. Well, well like I said, how you could put him in Nashville and he is, he, he is, is one of it, the, he is a like top putting Devin Tays on the third pairing in Colorado. Devin Tays is a top pairing defenseman. Um, so is Tory Krug. Um, yeah. And so is Tory Krug in a lineup with Vince Dunn, who has had, if we're pulling out metrics, a higher goals, four percentage shots, four percentage, Fenwick four percentage, Corsi four percentage, and expected goals four percentage over the last three years combined than Tory Krupp. I mean, here's here's how I'd say Scotty Pernovich needs some sort of consistent play. I'd have him at two left D to start the year because I'd want to see what he does in the responsibility. Um, I'd have Vince Dunn on top. Because Vince Dunn has consistently shown that against top-end competition, he's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Top 30. He uh, does better, but this is my point. I, I do want Dunn in my top four. And because of that, I'm not letting Perunovic make his team. I'm letting Perunovic no. have a year in the AHL. Because you hate Scandella. 
Which I don't no, get. I, I love Scandella. We discussed Scandella this. needs to be your third pairing left D. And you, you, you're telling me, where the hell does Scandella go? Scandella's not a scratch, right? So it's just, there's no room for Perunovic. So why are we even entertaining this is my question. I don't... I, w- I would have Vince Dunn, Colton Pareko top pairing. That pairing has consistently shown amazing results. They've been absolutely lights out, one of the best that St. Louis has seen in the last 20 years. I would have Krug there because look at how Krug, how good Krug was in Boston. Wait, wait, wait. Look at how good, look at how good Krug was in Boston. And he was wait, paired with a poor continue. man's Colton Pareko and Brandon Carlo. So Vince throw Dunn Krug with Pareko and you're going to see Krug get even better. And why would you not want to maximize the potential of the guy who you just sunk $6.5 million into? They just sunk $6.5 million into Justin Falk. <laughs> right, but that that's different. That contract... Falk is, the Falk is not a good signing. Here's where I'm at. Tory Krug... So, Vince Dunn, Colin Pareko, great chemistry, shown results over the last few years. Tory Krug, I want to give Scotty Perunovic second left D minutes because I love him. Is but you can't. Bias. Wait, hear me out, child. <laughs> He's great. I love him. He just won the Hobie Baker. And I think... At worst, he's a great third-pairing left defenseman. Uh, if you're putting Corey Krug second lefty, which I completely understand and encourage, you're putting him with Justin Falk. Which is because, not good. Because Justin Falk's biggest lapse last year was defensive li- or being a defensive liability. Um, you saw it on the ice. You see it in the numbers. Justin Falk was poor in his own end. Corey Krug? has been the best defenseman in Boston. The best, one of the best defensemen in the East defensively over the last few years. He's proven consistently reliable. He's but also so had Dunn's been great team. defensively too. He's also been a great defenseman in transition, which would do wonders working with a line of Sanford, O'Reilly, and Perron, and Bozak, Sunquist and third player. Um, Tory Crew would adjust for Justin Falk's disappointments. And I think if you're pairing anyone with Justin Falk and you're hoping for a return, a bounce back for Falk, if you're hoping for some resemblance of what he was in Carolina, the player that you're putting with him is Tory Crew. Tory Crew's reliability, consistency, and improvement in the defensive end would give Justin Falk all the room in the world to improve. While Colton Pareko, who has consistently been the best defenseman, defensive defenseman in the NHL, would be the perfect pairing to open the door for an offensive defenseman like Vince Dunn. But Krug is stellar offensively too, and this is my point. Krug and Dunn are quite similar in my opinion. I agree, but Krug is so better Why wouldn't you put Dunn who we've already established, we just established, is very similar to Creek. Why would we not put Dunn, who at least had the chance to watch Falk last year and work with him, why would you not put those guys together so he at least can read into Falk a little bit better? Because they tried Krug, that last year. Krug has, yes, Krug is good defensive, but Krug has the better true offensive talent. I disagree. You, I, I disagree. That. Krug is, he's got a great shot for what it is. 
Look, and the guy can make plays, and you want him out there with Robert Thomas and Jaden Schwartz. So you put him with Preco. You have the stellar Burns-Martin pairing that I was alluding to earlier. And then you're good. Dunn helps Falk out, and you have a defensively sound third pairing in Scandella and Bortuzzo. I don't, I don't see how anybody loses in that scenario. So now, the end of our two hours of recording so far, this might be our, one of our longest episodes, ironically enough, coming from the shortest division in the NHL with only seven teams instead of eight. Um, you know, we're going to get to the Winnipeg Jets next. And it's a team that really hasn't made a lot of moves. They've kind of stayed neutral. They added Paul Stastny from Vegas. Uh, they added Nate Thompson, uh, free agent from Philadelphia. Um, their biggest losses, Cody Eakin and Dmitry Kulikov, they, they really haven't changed very much. So They just resigned we... uh, Sammy Niku. Uh, okay, so it's a legendary yeah. air. Beautiful. Yeah. So, either way, a team that really hasn't made a lot of moves, but made potentially some impactful ones. So, uh, Josh, let's go ahead and get your thoughts on what the Winnipeg Jets have done. Are they going to advance a step further in the Central Division? Uh, My answer is a resounding hell no. Uh, Look, this offense is – what happened to Brian Little sucks, uh, and that hurts. Line A is a a guy that I just – He's done. If they don't trade him, he's going to suck next year. He's got attitude issues, man. And I hate saying that about a player, but it's so evident with him. And he just does not want to be there anymore. He, he just doesn't, he doesn't have the love in Winnipeg. Uh, Stasny's good as a 2C. It's important that you got him. Cott, Perot, Roslevic, Lowry, these are all good bottom six pieces. Appleton's decent. Nate Thompson is wildly overrated. I don't get why they went out. He's not your answer. Um, I'll throw in a nomination for most overrated player in the league. Well, it's obviously Drew Doughty, but another one I'd throw in is Josh Morrissey. I don't like this guy. Dylan DeMello is the best defenseman on this team right now. I'm not even as high on Dylan DeMello as some other people are. This is a below – this is still an AHL defense. You went out and got guys, but you didn't get the right guys. DeMello's okay. Morrissey is okay. But those guys together as a top pairing is absurd. Neil Pionk, he's good. Nathan Bullio, he's at least an NHL player. But those four guys as your top four is absurd. Tucker Pullman. Oh, I really want to see more out of him, but I'm not sure. He just concerns me. Derek Forbort is trash. So I don't – their defense is going to be an active liability, and you better hope Halibut can bail you out. But, I mean, he tried to last year, and Winnipeg was still the ninth-seeded team with a defense that, honest to God, hasn't improved. So – I actually say they take a step back because line A is going to be worse. Um, Yeah, I actually have Winnipeg at 11th in the conference right now. um, Behind all the Canadian teams in the West, for sure. Um, 
yeah, I don't like where they're headed at all. It's scary because they're so good and they've completely trashed it. Incredible um, what Buff from leaving has done. Third worst in the West. I don't think they're much better than that. Yeah. I gave them the fourth with the benefit of the doubt just because all the California teams. That's great. Great. Oh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I will be next but year. I also think you take a look at they don't have the greatest roster all around. I will 100% give that to you. Vesalainen is still a very intriguing player. So is David Gustafson. Yona mm. Luoto as well. You've got Vesalainen, yeah. Really solid defensive prospect in Dylan Sandberg and Ville Hainola and Logan Stanley and Declan Chisholm. There's four guys that I think are very, oh, yeah. very solid. And then Nelson Nogier as well with the Manitoba moves is someone who I think could step in and play a decent role this year. That well, he's probably not NHL season. ready. They also just drafted Cole Perfetti. Yeah, yeah this, this, team isn't gonna, this team isn't going to <laughs> suck long term, but this is not their year. I think we can all agree on that. That's an easy conversation yeah. to have. Yeah. Uh, Especially if I mean, yeah. I mean, a line A, as much of a liability as, as he is at even strength, you're getting, what, 20 to 30 power play goals out of him just by putting I just, him I, the He's play? not my type of player. He's not my type either, but there's benefit to him. And, I mean, as bad as he's been, as disappointing as he's been, you know, there's um, – there's value to him. And if I, mean, I, him, I, I just don't just understand another... why you're going to try and center your offense around this guy when you have Kyle Connor. Yeah. Kyle Connor and Mark, Mark Shirefelli, Chef, I don't know how to pronounce his Shifley. name. Shifley. Close enough. It's too many vowels. Um, but yeah, center around Mark, uh, center around Connor. But if they lose Line A, that's another, you know. That's another log on the fire. If they I, lose line A, they're below 500. Yeah, completely agree. If they and keep you know, the line A, so they're around trainers. 500. Yeah, and line, line A is probably gone. I don't see a team that wouldn't. You know, there are definitely teams out there who will have interest in him. He's a bona fide goal scorer, an yeah. offensive machine. He just they can't do defensive. He's not good defensively. What's so you put making? him. 6.5, I think. Uh, Six, yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. In a contract, that's a very they paid him interesting. He's yeah, not he's a, a very interesting contract thing here. you can see. Ooh, he is in a line contract. A, line A is 6.75 on this year. He's an RFA at the end of the season. Does he get a raise on that? I don't think yeah, so. so there's a definitely a, a team. See, I think a team that's good defensively, like, say. Yeah, that's a, what I was just going to say. No, Vegas Knights. Take a look at the Flyers. If he, if you go and you trade Line A to the Flyers and you get a guy like Travis Sanheim or Philip Myers back, that drastically improves your defense. Yeah, but I think when this can in gone, yeah, I think when this can in gone, I think Philly's out of that. Quite frankly, because you can't lose more defensively. Philly's already kind of putting it together with a shoestring. You There's don't replace Matt Niskanen with game. Eric Gustafson and expect to be okay defensively. Either way, it's very possible that Line A could be on the move this offseason. So, with that said, I think it's just about time to wrap up this episode. We've that been was going a for long almost, one. Yeah, we've been going That's for an almost hour and about a half. two hours. On, hour and a half? Yeah, so, yeah at uh, least. Hour and a half at least. I, we've been recording for a little under two hours, I believe. So, 
definitely a long episode for us. Uh, you know, hope you all enjoy it. It's going to be a, it's a good one. Gabe, thank you for joining us. We'll definitely have to have you back again soon because it's always a pleasure having you on. Appreciate it. So with that said, that's a wrap on episode 17 of the Throwing Haymakers podcast. And uh, check us out this Saturday. We'll be back again one week to break down the Pacific Division for all of you. So have a good week. And uh, we'll hope you uh, you all listen to them again on next episode.